Okay, before we start the show tonight, we are going to talk about betonline.ag. So this podcast, the Fight Game Podcast, is brought to you by BetOnline. It's the fastest, easiest, and safest way to bet on all things sports. John, what is your favorite baseball team? The San Francisco Giants. Three-time World Series champs in the... And you know, well, more than that, but you know, just recently people will remember them for. And we're going to do it again this year, damn it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, <laughs> obviously, Major League Baseball's opening day is, you know, in about a month. And uh, your San Francisco Giants are going to start playing ball again. March Madness is around the corner. I know you don't really follow March Madness, but for me, since my alma mater, San Jose State, is not is not uh, <laughs> going to be in the tournament, I usually root for the U of A because my kids go to go to Arizona University. March Madness, the Masters, Major League Baseball's opening day are right around the corner. Bet Online has all the latest news, scores, and odds to help you win big. The best part, you'll receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code blue wire to receive your literal free money plus signing up is a great way to support this podcast and all of the blue wire podcasts um, that you're listening to right now so again that's promo code blue wire all in one word when you sign up at betonline.ag betonline your online sports book experts What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. And as you heard him on the ad we just did, John LaRocca, of course, by my side. What's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Good. We haven't uh, we haven't chatted in, in, a, in a little while since the last show, but I will see you this weekend. So we will we will catch up this weekend. Uh, the, the goal is to do the show that everyone's listening to right now, and then hopefully come back on the weekend with our uh, AEW Rev- Revolution recap. So that is the goal for this week. We we're, we are not making promises. We are only uh, what is the Paul Heyman line? Uh, this is this, this is not a this is not a prediction. It's a spoiler or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a spoiler, but uh, we're gonna try. We're gonna try our best to uh, to get a show uh, over the weekend to recap that show. We'll talk a lot about AEW uh, Revolution on this show, but um, also I wanted to shout out a new podcast on the Blue Wire Network called Top Rope Nation. They, uh, I think they just recently joined. So shout out to those guys. I always like to shout out the uh, the folks who talk about the same stuff as us and uh, love love bringing more of those types of shows to the network. It just increases the uh, you know the visibility of all of us. So I think it's awesome. Um, next week we're going to come back with the We Want Flair podcast. Now, actually, I that that is also the plan. I. Depending on how much information I can get, uh, I may extend it out another week just for research purposes. Because it, and so let me break it down. Uh, I've been shooting John tweet, uh, Twitter DMs, going like, "God, why did they do this with Lex?" Or you remember when they did this with Lex? And so basically, what I'm doing is I went through 
all the uh, the observers from right before Stargate 87 through the end of 87. And our good friend, the heartbreak kid, David Rubio, has a lot of the 88 observers. So I'm going to go through those and just kind of see, you know, make make sure I, I, I am on my P's and Q's as far as, uh, you know, the, the, the baby face turn of Lex Luger, him facing Ric Flair multiple times that year. And just make sure we have the complete, uh, you know, the complete story uh, of Lex. I also bought Lex's book, and I've been reading that. So it's actually, uh, it's actually a better read than I thought. I, I thought it was going to be uh, kind of bad, but it's actually pretty entertaining. It's not great, but it's 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 entertaining. So we're going to start that very soon. The We Want Flair, Rick Flair versus Lex Luger, Starcade '88. So we will do the whole build up to that match. Then we'll talk about the match and then we'll talk sort of about the aftermath. And, and we, you know, in, in the one with Tetsumi Fujinami, we, we even talked a little bit about Starcade 88 and some of the plans that Dusty wanted to change, you know, and then they had to bring in, uh, I think Larry Matisek actually to book the, uh, the main event for, for that Starcade 88 with Luger and Flair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Larry, Larry had a lot to do with the Rick Steamboat being hired by, uh, he recommended Rick Steamboat to Jim Hurd and that that's, and then we get that series. So, Mm-hmm. You know, another Larry did a lot just for a few short months, but he, you know, he did a lot to set some good things in motion for sure. Uh, and so uh, one other note before we start this show is uh, I kind of wanted to just throw a recommendation out there for, for folks. Obviously, you, if you listen to this, you enjoy podcasts. Uh, there's a narrative-based storytelling podcast out there that is actually, I think it's over a year old. Um, our, our buddy Duan is the one who found this. I think it was Duan who showed it to me. But it's basically the story of uh, Reuben Hurricane Carter. Some people may, may remember the movie from, I want to say it was like 1999 or something, The Hurricane with Denzel Washington. It's a story of Reuben Hurricane Carter who was in jail for the murder of several people and uh, he basically got out of jail and they they you know they decided that he wasn't the person who committed the murders but they never really found out who committed the murders so this podcast really digs deep and reopens a case that had been closed for years so if you're into that narrative based style podcast uh, check it out it's from a guy um He's from the UK. Uh, I don't know exactly where, uh, but he's he's really good reporter. Um, the uh, there's an over reliance on certain music that that can kind of get annoying when you're like doing the binge listen. But very good stuff. So the Hurricane Tapes, check that out uh, on uh, however you find podcasts. Okay, so to kind of begin this show. We were going to do a contest, or not not a contest, a challenge on this website, on Fight Game Media, uh, on the Fight Game Podcast Facebook group surrounding the New Japan Cup. And there's a the, the brackets came out, there's a field of 32 wrestlers, and there was going to be matches sort of broken down like uh, March Madness style. We did this last year as well in the group, and my goal was to kind of build it up bigger, give prizes, um, invite more people to do it, you know, have more people join the Facebook group. And just recently, a couple days ago, they had to cancel those shows because of the coronavirus. Now, I haven't heard the plan on those shows and they, they had to like cancel like two weeks worth of worth of shows, New Japan. So, my hope is that they will figure out a way to rebook it and to, to still do 
the majority of it. And if they do, if there is still a tournament, if there is still a bracket and we can make predictions, we're still going to do the, uh, the challenge and there will still be, you know, winners and prizes and all that stuff. So I want to, I want to put that out there because I was starting to kind of talk about it a little bit on social media that we were going to do this, this challenge sort of like March madness, sort of like, you know, NCAA basketball, but then they canceled the shows. So, um, you know the the plans are kind of halted now, but if if that gets started again, we will have the the plans out there. We will have how to join. We will have how you can win. And you know my goal is to get as many people who want to be in the in the challenge as possible. I know Voices of Wrestling does one. Um, there, there's the, the the New Japan's uh, stat guy. I think his name is Chris Samsa. He created a bracket in in uh, in Google. Uh, Google Docs, uh, spreadsheets. So the the vehicles are out there for us to do this. And, and it just if the, if the shows happen, we will do it. And it'll be a lot of fun. So just kind of keep your ears open and, and watch the Twitter, watch the social media, the Facebook, and, and we'll have information out there as soon as we hear, because it's something that I was super excited to do. Um, okay. Today was WWE's Super Showdown uh, Saudi Arabia show. And we kind of have to go back to last weekend after the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury fight, which we'll talk about a little bit uh, in the middle of this podcast. I was at Big Dave Meltzer's. We were watching the fight and then we did a podcast. And so right before we're getting ready to do the podcast, he's like, oh, by the way, there's some new WrestleMania matches. And I was like, well, like what? He said, well, you know, Vince changed his mind on the SmackDown side. So <clears throat> he uh, mentioned that he thought, you know, probably going to be Roman and Goldberg. And uh, we didn't really know what The Fiend was going to do. I threw out the idea. What about Cena? He said, completely possible. And so last night on Wrestling Observer Radio, he and Brian said that it is in fact going to be Roman Reigns versus The Fiend. I'm sorry, versus Goldberg and John Cena versus The Fiend at WrestleMania. Those are the two new matches. We had talked about John Cena being paired up with Elias, which didn't really make sense to us. And so those are the new matches. But that meant that today's show on the WWE Network in Saudi Arabia, the Super Showdown, there was going to be some you know ramifications from that show for WrestleMania. And what happened? Well... It was Bill Goldberg beating the guy who was unbeatable, The Fiend, to win the championship. And if all things stay the same and somehow, you know, maybe Roman wins the Elimination Chamber, that is going to be the match at WrestleMania. Goldberg versus Roman Reigns in one of the two or three main events at WrestleMania. What are your thoughts about the change from what looked like to be um, Roman against the Fiend, which they had been building up for, uh, the, at least the Fiend they were building up for for a long time, to now someone they're bringing back someone from, you know, whose whose career his 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 really his his prime was, you know, the year nineteen ninety eight, uh, and and you know utilizing him to be in one of the main events on on their biggest show of the year. Um, 
kind of disappointed. I'm not disappointed in the match itself. Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. That's a fun match to me. It's a match I want to see, honestly. It's just... I don't like abandoning The Fiend and what they've built and what they're building too. I thought um, if you want to do Goldberg and Reigns on the line, that's a great match to do. Possibly SummerSlam or maybe next year's WrestleMania and uh, Anaheim. But I just thought you should kind of still go with The Fiend. Um, I wouldn't put it on. I wouldn't put the Fiend and Roman Reigns last, but I would definitely, you know, put them in the middle of the show. I think it would have been a nice middle main event, and um, you can even do a win for Reigns there, or you can continue on the program. But um, I'm, I mean, I don't have the ratings in front of me, but I'm guessing Goldberg moved some ratings with Fox. I believe. I think he did a, you know, from what I understand, I think he did a good job there. So. Maybe Vince was just trying to go with a hot hand or he felt he needed something to spice up WrestleMania, which I don't know. I don't think you really need to spice up this WrestleMania. I think it's okay to kind of have a plan and execute that plan. And then, you know, you build to the spicier stuff for next year's WrestleMania. But, you know, like, you know, like we talked about uh, last week with uh, the Shawn Michaels Diesel main event WrestleMania, right? Like, there's nothing really too spicy with that. I mean, there was, you know, you had... Lawrence Taylor and Bam Bam Bigelow. But overall, the show was, other than that, the show wasn't much, but it's also buildings for the future. So I thought this could have been the same kind of similar WrestleMania. But, um, uh, you know, what's funny about John Cena and The Fiend. And I wonder, I know, like, say, Dave broke this, you know, this past weekend, but maybe this was thought of a little bit before that, too. Because I think John Cena and Elias thing just seemed like a red herring to me. It mm-hmm. also seemed. Like, because one, you have Elias as a baby face at the time. It just didn't seem right. So I wonder they're trying to maybe keep things under wraps. And, you know, if, you know, things leak all the time in that office, as they do, because this is wrestling and everyone talks. Um, maybe, you know, that they wanted that to get out because they, maybe this was a plan for a couple weeks. But I don't know. I, I would have stuck with the original plan. I mean, but other than John Cena and Elias, I would have definitely changed that to something else for sure. So... My argument, or it wasn't even an argument. I just threw it out there because, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, they did the press conference in Los Angeles for WrestleMania 37. And in that press conference, Roman Reigns talked about wrestling The Rock. Mm -hmm. Stephanie McMahon talked about Ronda Rousey's backyard. We want her on the show. And it very much seemed to me... Like, that's the show that they're looking forward to because they can bring back certain folks who may be interested in it simply because it's L.A., simply because it's Hollywood. They can get, um, you know, they can get more mainstream coverage just being in L.A. ESPN has, you know, has an L.A. studio. Uh, and, and so I threw it out there. I said, you know, it, it seems like this year's WrestleMania was a little bit about making a couple of people, maybe Shayna, maybe Drew, f- to build them up so that they are important. And next year's WrestleMania was really the one that was going to be this humongous show. And I still feel like that, like that's what it, it feels like to me. But at the same time, you know, there's this talk about WWE selling their pay-per-views to a streaming provider. ESPN Plus is the is was the new name as of last week. That was the name that was out there. You know, if ESPN Plus gets a hold of these pay-per-views, wow, you know, just if ESPN can get behind WWE like they have with the UFC and make this stuff big, 
you know, maybe that's for that's for the best interest. And and if that is the case, they really had no mainstream casual fan matches on this show. Roman and the Fiend was not going to bring back the the fan who watches one show every year. Maybe the Undertaker and AJ could have been that match. I don't I didn't feel it then. I don't feel it now. Uh, and then, you know, Brock Lesnar, I think, you know, he we, we know what he is at this point. We know what he brings to the table. And if you have been, you know, if, if you enjoy watching Brock matches, you know, I do, too. But it's not going to be like, oh, I can't wait to see that Brock match because because it's been he's been doing the same thing for a few years now. So what I wonder is if Vince was just like, man, you know, if we're going to sell these pay-per-views, we have to make them a little bit more attractive to the buyers. And thus, we need to create a little bit more mainstream casual fan hype with someone like Goldberg in a in like a dream match, you know, and, and who knows, maybe they promote this as like, you know, the the, the spear best. versus spear, <laughs> but the best, the best guy in, you know, one of the best guys in, in, in 20 years ago versus one of the best guys now. And, you know, to Roman, it's about, you know, maybe he was like a huge Bill Goldberg fan back in the day. Whatever whatever story they tell, there's got to be some impact because it can't just be 50-year-old Goldberg against Roman. Like, that's not the story that, that you can really tell, I think, at least I think, to to draw a casual audience. So the other thing that I wanted to, to mention is there's a lot of people today who are so mad that the fiend lost. And I, I sort of get it because, you know, they, they've been forcing the the red light down our throats and this, you know, you and I talked about this, you know, last year about how, do, how do you, is he the new undertaker? How do you book him? Like he, he doesn't, he's just sort of impervious to pain. Like how would you, how would you book him in, 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 in a title picture? Cause then how can you beat him? And so this match with Bill Goldberg was nothing special at all. Like it was, I actually thought it was a little, um, predictable. Maybe Bill could not get him up for the jackhammer either. So that looked kind of weird. Cause mm. Bray had to sell the pin for what was, a really bad suplex and um and so <clears throat> the thing that i that i you know i'm like now you guys want the fiend to win because previously the story was like roman versus the fiend big whoop and now at least roman versus goldberg's like oh okay i, I sort of get it as a casual fan match but now people are like oh the fiend they just threw the fiend away and yeah like he was you know i i, I do admit that you know if you if you really wanted this guy to be something like he should not have lost on this show my my argument was why didn't he come out overconfident as just happy bray wyatt and lose as happy bray wyatt and still not have lost as the fiend and he could have still kept that fiend character and he could have come back and you know whether it was roman or goldberg and said look you know you beat bray but you have you didn't beat the fiend and they mm -hmm. could have kept him going that way but they didn't do that they they beat the fiend he got up and then the lights turned off and then he disappeared and and who knows and you know we'll see what happens they they have their work cut out for them starting tomorrow with uh, or start later today for those listening uh, with SmackDown, John Cena is going to be on the show, and and maybe that's where they start the thing with the Fiend. But uh, but yeah, like they're you know Vince did not seem to be happy with how things were going, and I get it. But he was also in charge of the things that were going <laughs> the other way. So um, you know, but I, I I will always say that you know if if you do not like how things are going, 
and you want to change them, it is completely his job to do that. It is his company. It is his creative. He's going to take the credit and he's going to take the critical, uh, you know, the critical review as well. So that's just kind of his thing. But, uh, uh, you know, John Cena and The Fiend, does that move you in any way? Would you rather see John Cena do something else? Um, it's, it's, a, and it's on its own, it's a special attraction because John Cena hasn't been there for a good while now. So now it's, it's fresh and, and it's fun that he's going to be back and it gets the fiend. It, it's good. I mean, I'm not really that hyped for it as I, you know, as I would for maybe Cena versus someone else who, I don't know, but maybe the undertaker maybe, or, or, uh, I don't know, but I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm excited because WrestleMania, it's always fun, you know, the WrestleMania time, but I'm not super overly hyped for this show to where like, I, I know what, I know it needs to be. I know it needs to be to set up something for the future mm-hmm. and I don't want them to get past that, that site. I mean, it looks like Raw's doing that. Thank goodness that nothing has, well, you know, it's still early, yeah. but um, nothing has changed so far on the Raw side. Well, the, the one match that seems like it changed was going to be the All-Mexicans match with uh, mm-hmm. Andrade, Umberto, Garza, and Ray. I think that was the original <clears throat> plan match, and it looks like that one might might be uh, changed, but mm. dang, that's the one that I didn't want to be changed. That, that, that could have been fun. But uh, but yeah no you're right that it seems like they're pretty comfortable with what's going on with Raw and it was just the SmackDown side that Vince was not happy with yeah and then you know I I just haven't really watched too much SmackDown lately to kind of see if uh, how things have been clicking honestly um, I didn't get a chance to watch Super Show I mean it's during my work hours and and I I did follow along on Twitter and Observer you know clicked in and, and um, it's some interesting results there. <laughs> Definitely. I'm not surprised by a lot. Uh, more surprised by the execution than anything. Um, but, uh, you know, the main roster WWE stuff's always, you just never know what you're going to get. It's wacky. It can be frustrating. It can be great, too. Um, but uh, this is one of those where it's kind of head-scratching for me. And mm-hmm. um, we'll see how, We'll see how it ends up. But, um, like I said, as a match, dude, Goldberg Road Reigns is so much fun for me. I just I'm I want it like later this year or next year. All right, so the other the other things that happened on that super show uh Goldberg squashed Ricochet like a bug. It was uh, Ricochet. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Brock Lesnar squashed Ricochet like a bug. Ricochet tried to to jump him at the bell, got smashed, suplex, suplex. Uh, just got slammed with, on the back with forearms and F five matches over. Ricocheted, got like literally got nothing. So, mm. um, you know, so what do you think about that? What, what, what's your what's your thought? I am not surprised. Yeah, I would have kept him uh, away from Lesnar because he wasn't seriously booked as a top guy anyway. Mm-hmm. And it and, and looking at the result, it was almost like, well, you know, we need a throwaway guy who people actually think is better than we want to push them at this moment. And that's what they did, like to get a little bit of like that internet buzz, and then then they just pissed off the internet at the same time. I, you know, I I saw the result. Not surprised by the result. Um, if we're looking, if people like to look at wrestling. I do a lot of times, most of the time, uh, with the reality of it, right? Like, what would really happen if Ricochet wrestled Brock? This is what happened, right? 
let's be honest, he would just squash him like a bug. In my opinion, he he, he would run. <laughs> yeah, he would have signed a con- <laughs> he would have signed a contract. Let's be honest, but uh, um, and then, and then I always try to think like, what's their thinking behind? What's their what what's their goal with this? Why would they do this? And and I think. You know they like to they like to troll the fans sometimes. Or oh like, yeah, you know. Um, but I think it's more than just that. I think it's they really want to put a. I because I, I believe Drew is winning that main event. I believe Drew is going over. I hope to God he's going over Brock Lesnar WrestleMania. I think that'd be a nice closing match main event and a big crowning moment for Drew. I think the idea was to get people so upset. That one of their beloved guys like Ricochet, totally destroyed by Brock. So when Drew does beat him, people were just super excited and happy that someone finally took down Lesnar. Now, Lesnar probably show up in like two months later and win the belt back. But yeah, yeah. Which I hope not. I hope they kind of go with Drew because I think he's, uh, he has the, the tools to be a top guy. He can talk, he can wrestle, he has a look, you know, he has, he has all that going for him. So I hope they, they go with it. But, um, I think that's the real reason why they did this like this. They had him, they want people to be like so upset that what Brock, I can't believe they would have Brock do that. I can't believe they would treat Ricochet like that. Uh, and then like the same people that are like, you know, bitching and moaning about that will react so big and be so happy when Drew wins, he deserves it, and all, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, take that, bro. I mean, it's just so funny how people react to stuff like this. So, yeah, I think that was really the goal with this match. And unfortunately, you know, someone had to be sacrificed. Um, is Ricochet dead? No, I mean, no one's. It's pro wrestling. You could really, I mean, some guys will get affected. Some guys you could build back up. I think Ricochet you can build back up. It's going to take a little extra time. But I mean, I know I could definitely do it. I think I could definitely get him where he needs to be if I, it was up to me. And I think you know, if I can do it, I know Heyman could do it. So, um, and then, and then even better. So I, I'm not worried about Ricochet. I I think he he'll be fine. So the other thing that happened that is related to WrestleMania is AJ was in the uh, that tournament that gauntlet match. Our uh, truth was like winning everything, and then uh, AJ came in and he became uh, he beat our truth, and and then Rey Mysterio is going to be the last guy, and then you see the backstage and uh, and uh, the club uh, is beating up Ray, and so he's not going to make it to the ring, and then AJ is going to get the count out, he's going to win the tournament, the trophy, whatever whatever the the, the you get for that tournament. And all of a sudden, you see the club just getting tossed, and you see the black boots, and then the black, uh, I don't know, whatever, that black jacket that Undertaker wears. And he comes out to the ring. He does the five-minute entrance. He comes into the ring, kills AJ dead, and pins him, and is the winner of whatever that cup is. And so the story that they're going to have to tell now is the heel needs to get revenge on The Undertaker uh, to make that WrestleMania match. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I know a lot of people were like, well, God, like I don't want to see this match anymore now. And I, and I get it. I thought it was a, a sort of a backwards way of setting this match up. But um, like, how do you do it? How do you now make people interested in, in a match where AJ Styles, 
who you probably thought was, you know, was going to have a, have a rough road ahead in beating the Undertaker, now just gets killed at this at this uh, this Saudi Arabia show. Yeah, Ian, this is the result I was mostly offended by. Honestly, when I read it, I'm like, I had to read it twice because I, I mean, he just basically walked out and chokeslammed AJ, and that was it, right? Is that what happened? Yeah, I I I, I didn't like I, I had it on, but I was working, and so I all I saw was Undertaker. AJ at his feet, pin. So it was, you know, whether it's a choke slam or, or whatever. But I yeah, heard it was it, quick. It, it wasn't too it was long. Very quick. Yeah. Um, they're going to have to get some heat right back on the club. All three of them are going to have to beat the hell out of Undertaker, lay him out, do something barely devastating to kind of take him out of the game for a while. Some big kind of just kind of, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. Bury him alive. I don't know. They're going to do something that just totally devastating to get some heat back to where Undertaker wants revenge and and that's how they, they'll play it i just don't like that idea I, I i'm not a big fan of this i'm just not a big fan i think aj should have just won the damn tournament whatever it was for he should be gloating talking about f- being phenomenal talking about being the man this is uh the house of aj all that stuff and you know even getting so cocky to her like you know, he's done with wrestling now or whatever, but I could, if Undertaker was, I would have been the first guy that beat his streak or something, you know what I mean? And, and or, uh, you know, and then Undertaker shows up and then you have a stare down or something, or maybe he does choke something there and, you know, leaves him laying and then you could, I, that's what I would have done. Just keep it kind of simple, you know, and this is just like, hmm, it's definitely a backwards way to go by it. But uh, this is the one result where I just was, I was more, like, it was all, I see people pissed, uh, upset about The Fiend losing, and I see people upset about Ricochet's treatment, but God, I saw this, and I'm more <laughs> upset about this, so. The, uh, on social media, uh, all last night, or so, Wednesday night, depending on when you listen to this, it was Wednesday night, they were teasing that the Undertaker was going to Saudi Arabia. Ah, oh, you know, what is the dead man going to do? And, you know, what what are, he's going to go on this show and blah, 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 blah. So, you know, they were definitely trying to get people excited to see what he was going to do. And I thought he was going to definitely, you know, I, I knew it was going to have something to do with the AJ thing, but I did not think he was going to pin AJ in seconds. That was not my prediction for that. So, um, okay. So uh, before we're going to get to the uh, the Wednesday night wrestling, and then we're going to preview Revolution a little bit. I wanted to talk about the Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight. Um, I talked about it, you know, it happened last weekend. I talked about it in, in, in a lot of detail on Wrestling Observer Radio with Big Dave Meltzer on Saturday night. The thing that the the thing that newsworthy that kind of has come out in the last few days is uh, A, the buy rate, which came out today. Sounds like it's between about 800 and 850,000 buys in the U.S. with a heavy, heavier reliance on streaming than people had, had thought, which is which makes sense to me because ESPN Plus has been you know, forcing people to uh, stream the UFC shows through their service. So if you are a UFC watcher, you knew how to buy this pay-per-view. And, and so that makes sense to me. Fox uh, Fox has their online pay-per-views as well. But it was really more of a disappointment in the um, the normal cable uh, and DirecTV pay-per-view over the, over the box. And... Um, you know, I thought the hype for that show was really well done, but uh, you know, just the you know the people weren't as interested as people thought. Eight hundred fifty thousand buys is is a really good number, but the, with the amount of money that they were paying both 
um, Fury and Wilder, I think $28 million a piece. I'm not sure they actually break even on that fight. They, they may have broken even, but... You know they they may not have as well. It's probably a, a close number, and, and you know they have they have other other uh, overseas buys and stuff. Maybe some buys coming from the UK. Tyson Fury's a, a big fighter uh, out there, so then they'll recoup some of that. But it just uh, it just was not the one to one point two million that that we thought it was going to be. The other thing that came out is you know Deontay Wilder. Everyone knows by now he kind of got mopped up. Uh, he is going, he's trying to have the, he, there's a rematch clause. The, the, the loser could, you know, force a third fight to happen. And, you know, the winner gets 60% of that purse and the loser gets 40%. Now that person is going to be a little bit smaller because, uh, I think the win was decisive enough to where I don't think the public is even going to be as interested as they were in the second fight. But Wilder went really, uh, aggro on his, on one of his coaches, Mark Breland. Mark Breland, who I saw when I was a kid in the 84 Olympics, he was maybe the, U- the U.S.'s best boxer in the Olympics. And you're talking, that was a year where you had um, Sweet Pea Whitaker and you had uh, um, Evander Holyfield and guys like that. And Mark Breland was, I thought, was the best guy. And, you know, Mark Breland in the seventh round threw in the towel and and Wilder said, you know, I there, there's you know there's there's nothing worse than than having someone throw in the towel like I would rather die in the ring and I thought you just told us that you were feeding your children your seven children or your eight children or whatever off of this huge payday and then you're gonna then make that comment now I get it because the thing about boxers and about fighters in general is the worst thing for them is quitting because once they quit, it sort of becomes easier to quit a second and a third time. And when you're in that kind of sport, you you cannot have that mentality and be successful. So I get that part of it for Wilder. Like I understand just the psyche and the psychology of that, but to actually say that publicly was pretty silly to me. So, um, but you know, did you, did you hear from, from friends or whatever who, who had watched the fight? What, what was the, what was the consensus from your, uh, mainstream boxing fan friends? Well, first of all, I watched the fight. You, you, you watched the fight. Shockingly, I clicked on YouTube and it was up like right after it was over. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I did see that link too. <laughs> and I was not expecting looking for it. I was following on Twitter, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, holy poop. Right, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So here it is, and and so I watched it. Of course, it didn't have that same feeling of watching something live and all that. But uh, you know, he just got out brawled by Fury, and and um, you know, I, my favorite is the claim about the suit being too heavy that he wore. Yeah, that, that, that was my favorite one, and all the and all the great memes have gone out since then, especially the Big Van Vader one. Big Van Vader one had me just do- laughing out loud at work, and people were like, "What are you laughing at?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, just." stuff um so people did you know i i thought the buy rate is gonna be a lot higher just because monday morning at my office it was people were talking about it my co-worker who goes to all the fights at oakridge mall here a local mall here in san jose california um you know he like just you know strolls in he's like ah oh, i remember he was like i'm gonna go see you at oakridge mall and I hope people show up to keep continue doing these fights there because he loves just paying 20 bucks and watching on the big screen, right? So he decided to just, just so happened to look it up on the app, the Fandango app, and notice like, holy cow, a lot of these seats are taken already. Yeah. 
And so lucky for him, it, like his kind of where he likes to sit was still open and available. So he's like, I got, can't wait. You know, I can't just stroll in like I usually do. So he just, you know, pre-ordered him for the first time. He's a very old school guy. So him pre-ordering must have been a fun thing to witness because he just gets frustrated with just, you know, sending emails out at work. Um, so, yeah. So I thought from that, I'm like, wow, really? Is Oak Ridge was packed. He's like, yeah, it was a big crowd and people were going crazy and people loved Fury. And I thought, okay, maybe this is going to be a, a bigger fight than I thought. I mean, I knew it was going to be better than the first fight, right? Well, the first fight was like what, 350000 correct, right? Yeah. yeah. And my um, and, I, and a couple other coworkers came up to me. Hey, did you watch the fight? Did you see that? Did you see? And then like, it was like it was like about, I don't know, six or seven people. And, and, and you know, and what today is like you get nothing from UFC, right? Maybe Conor fight you get. And that's still down from what it used to be, right? Um, so I was like, wow, man, this is definitely a lot hotter than I thought. But that was when the buy rate came out, I was uh, pretty shocked that it was only, you know, 850, at, you know, I was, I thought, I thought for sure there, maybe it was, their, their predictions were right. You know, one, one, one point two, one point four. The other thing that is sort of related to that fight is, you know, people saying, oh, you know, it's got to be Joshua and Fury now. And like, I get it. Like, I would love to see Joshua in that mix too. But as we've talked about, as I've talked about with Big Dave, I don't understand the economics of DAZN being able to work with the mm-hmm. top rank or premier boxing because DAZN's entire business model is based on $10 or $20 a month streaming subscriptions. And so how do you sell something on pay-per-view and then sell something on a subscription model? Like, it, it doesn't seem like it makes a whole lot of sense. And, and you know, the, the money... It looks to me that the money would be in pay per view for that kind of fight, and um, and yeah, so I don't I don't understand how they do it. You know, I've I've told people I go look, I would I would love to see that, but tell someone tell me what the plan is for the business model of each company. It seems to me that it's actually harder to do than just a normal top rank and premiere where they, they sort of have the same business model and it's just all about kind of working the economics and the splits yeah. and, and a lot of the A side, B side stuff. Here, you have all of those things and as well as a completely different bo- business model. So I'm like, you know, when people say, oh, you know, that's it's going to happen. I'm like, okay, like I hope, but I just, I've no one has told me how this is going to work for me to go, okay, I get it. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's then. funny though, from my coworkers who are all casual viewers, other than my friend, he's my other coworker. He's a hardcore boxing guy. He loves to watch all the fights and, and the UFC fights too. All of them want to see the rematch though. Which mm-hmm. is shocking. I thought, well, really, you, you know, he kind of beat the hell out of him, you know. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, because they, because you know why? Because they all thought Wilder was going to beat Fury, and I did too. I thought Wilder was going to outbox him. He didn't. Yeah. And I think they're like, give him one more shot to beat this yeah. guy, you know. Yeah. And I, so I think there's something there for the rematch for sure. But I think I think Fury's going to. I think he's already going to fight someone else in the in the already scheduled in June or something like that. And I think Wilder needs to go out and he needs to put on a hell of a performance and need to cut a hell of a promo to get a rematch with Fury again. Yeah, Wilder has his uh, his mandatory, I'm sorry, uh, Joshua has his mandatory uh, in June. So that's that's more than likely where he's going to go with uh, Pulev. And, you know, I know people are going to be like, ah, oh, 
Joshua's duck. Like it's he's not it, like there's just the economics mm-hmm. of this whole mm-hmm. thing that that just doesn't make sense. And you know he's with a promoter that is doing business a little bit different. Yeah, June twentieth is is scheduled with uh, Joshua and uh, Pulev. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's actually change gears again. We'll come back to wrestling. And let's talk about these Wednesday shows. We, uh, I want to start first with NXT, mostly because after we talk AEW, then we can talk about that pay-per-view. But I will say that NXT, at least for right now, there's a little bit of like a, uh, a holding pattern for them. Like I think, you know, they, there's definitely the Charlotte thing and they're, they're trying to really make that big. Um, but for the... They, I felt like maybe a month ago they were on a little bit of a hot run where every show felt hot, and now they're just kind of like, okay, here's here's a good wrestling show, and uh, and and there's going to be some good matches, and we'll have a couple of things that that are interesting. But to, I, I, the the when you compare the AEW trying to build a pay per view versus NXT coming out of Takeover, like they, they obviously two different plans of of attack for stuff. But I don't know this, this NXT show just felt like it was just kind of on a treadmill a little bit. I think the crowd, I'm starting to feel more and more that that being at at, at full sale um, for so many weeks in a row is probably a negative. Now, I don't know if they could go to a different to a different building, a small building and maybe do TV from a small building for like 3 or 4 weeks and then come back to full sale and all of a sudden full sale's hot but full sale they knows what they know what they're going to get they know when to pop they know they're sort of a part of the show but there's like that organicness is is missing from from that crowd and i and i wonder if that would help a little bit but i don't know i i mean i may i may just be kind of uh um not really I, like I feel like when I watch Raw, the ninety-minute version of Raw is better than the sixty-minute version of of NXT that I watch. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought the show was good. I liked NXT a lot um, overall. There's some good things. There's some some moments. Um, you know, like NXT has a has their strategy, has their way, has their you know your consistent booking. Uh, very simple stuff. I thought. I would like to see this Bianca Charlotte match be put off uh, 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 the following week. Maybe you know, but I don't know. Maybe they didn't have. They felt they didn't have anything for this week. It was a big main event. They need some kind of hook for the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like that that match Bianca and Charlotte sandwich between two cage matches would have been a hell of a show. You know. Yeah. Uh, um. I, but um. Uh, overall, I thought the, sh- the show was good. It was uh. Um, I thought both shows were very entertaining this week. And, you know, it's a fun night of wrestling every Wednesday for me. So, to me, it's a win-win. So, I mean, I watch both the same night, actually, um, every night. Because, I mean, one, because we record tonight and I have to watch it and get it done and get through it. But, yeah. But uh, I did not find myself being tired at all. And I enjoyed it both. I watched NXT first because um, I, you know, got wind <laughs> that uh, a certain referee would be making his return. So, mm-hmm. I definitely wanted to watch that live Live for me being the West Coast feet, you know, later, <laughs> but uh, but uh, that was a cool moment, so um, um, yeah, so it was a good show. Let's talk about Charlotte and Bianca because I think that you know it, it was the main event, it is one of the bigger programs that uh, that they have, and obviously, it's setting up Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. 
I thought Bianca, outside of the actual finish of the match, I thought Bianca looked really good. Like she, I thought she came off as a star in her promo. She looked like a star, kind of going head up against Charlotte. Because there's there's something to, you know, Charlotte is tall. She's muscular. She's athletic. I'm sure she could be, you know, even slightly intimidating just because of her stature. And I thought Bianca was like right there with her with that whole persona with the just just being in the ring with her i thought just athletically impressive she looked like she belonged just from a presence standpoint now the match was the match like i I don't really have anything against the match i don't think it was a great match but i don't think it was a bad match i thought it was really interesting and um you know it was it was more to me less important about the match and more important about like bianca was just like I'm here and I have to make sure that I look like I belong with this woman on uh, who's a, a big star. And I thought she did a good job for that. I don't know if I, it seemed like um, maybe if they would have had like two more minutes, the, the end would have been, uh, the finish would have been better. And, and then the aftermath would have been like more like important. Cause I, I know Rhea kind of looked like a, a little bit of a, of a goofball there at the end when she was like posing when she's supposed to do the run in. But um, you know, they had they had the time issue, but I I was I was just kind of watching for Bianca. I was like, she is really making sure that people notice that she can actually stay with with Charlotte. I thought the match was good. Um, I was a little disappointed overall because I was expecting um, a career making match for Bianca here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I she looked good athletically. She's still a prospect. Yeah, um, she still has time to develop, and you know, um, I thought she, the beginning was very good. I thought that was it was going, it was flowing good, and all of a sudden, like in that middle, things got a little rough. Things got like you're some hesitation or, or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some timing issues. Uh, later on, the matches it got deeper as it get towards the finish. Um, I felt like some some kind of communication was off, right? And I think it was the timing issue. Yeah, I think it, it had to be the timing. It thing. was. I'm the sure they had issue. extra stuff that they wanted to do that they had to cut out. Well, yeah, and then um, you know at the end there, Rhea comes. Which I, which you know, I don't know if anyone even told her or said you know I need to get out there faster. You know, because you know she came out to the to their entrance, which I I'm guessing my guess was it was planned that way, but you know the time was getting so short because of some kind of timing issue. That you know she should have just ran out there, but no, yeah. no one told us. You, you know, unless you want the referee to go right in the camera angle to tell her to get out there. And it's funny when Rhea did go out there, the referee kind of pushed his hand on her back, saying, "Get the f in there," because mm-hmm. you know you only got to you know because we went out to air quickly after that. Yeah, um, it was it was it wasn't it, the ending wasn't executed as probably the way they wanted to, which was frustrating for everyone. Um, I was hoping for a career making match for Bianca. I'm not worried about that girl. I love that girl. I think she's going to be a superstar. I just was hoping this was going to be it, and it wasn't. But I'm sure she's going to have other opportunities in, in the future. But uh, but what would you? I always have to ask you now, like every every show. What what do you don't see? Okay, the the I think the I think the two important matches that I missed, um, and important based on you know sort of whether they're good or not. I, I know I missed uh, Killing Dane against. Uh, against uh, Jonah Rock. What, what's his WWE name? Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. And I missed the Grizzled Young Vets against the Forgotten Sons. And then I think there was a Xia Li match that I missed. Or no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Xia Li. It was uh, Mia Yim, right? Mia Yim and Xia Li. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they were both in the match. So okay, that's what I missed. Those are the three matches I missed. It's kind of it's kind of a bummer. I mean, the the, Z, the Mia the Mia Yim uh, Zia Lee. I mean, the match itself wasn't that you know none, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't you know nothing you need to see. But you know there was a nice little you know thing with her and Dakota, you know, Mia Yim especially in Dakota was I thought was good, and also and you know uh, you know Raquel Gonzalez getting more of a character moment of her going there attacking laying out mia and stuff so and and, and zaya too so that's bummer you missed that um the grizzly young the grizzled young veterans gotta love those guys um versus uh the forgotten sons was a really 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 good tag match um a lot of great work for both teams uh forgotten sons are very underrated they i mean they're just uh mechanics in there quality guys um the wesley blake is just just a bump machine, man. He's fantastic to watch. Um, Cutty's good. Cutler's good. He's he's really, he's really good. Um, it was a good tag match. It's, it's a bummer you didn't see that. Uh, that you know, but um, and and, and Killian Dane and Bronson Reed was a big man match, and you know that was nice, nice big. You know, Killian Dane. Like I said, we told us about in the, in the past, but the guy, that guy's so good and and so underrated and so underappreciated. So um, it's nice to see him back on TV, get a win. I don't know if I want to see Bronson Reed losing. You know, yeah, a lot. Yeah at this stage in the game unless they decide to go heal with him and put him with the manager and, and kind of flip a switch but like i just like i don't like that i like to start a guy off from the beginning you know instead of like you see him as loser now but then he he comes back as a you know i don't know i with the, especially the big man like that with the guy that has uh, so much potential in bronson reed but so the the other uh star making opportunity was uh, Chiampa and Austin Theory, and they had a fairly fairly lengthy match. Mm-hmm. Chiampa gave him a lot, and I came out of that match. So when I when I figured out what it was, when I figured out that it just wasn't going to be a short a short Chiampa squash, I was like, okay, I want to now. I'm, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for Theory, and I'm looking for him to take advantage of his opportunity what you know jr always says you know maximize your minutes whether you get two minutes or you get 10 minutes like just maximize them and so i was watching him like okay i want to see if he you know because Chiampa just like giving him giving him giving him and i was like okay i want to see him like really like fire up and like charisma and like when he doesn't get the the three count like just to show like such you know disappointment and like I thought it was okay, but I was not impressed with him as much as I wanted to be. And like, of of course, like, you know, when you think about those kind of matches or those moments, you know, there's the, the John Cena and the Kurt Angle one that that's pretty memorable um, where you go, okay, like that's, you know, that's an opportunity for, for, for John to, to really, to really, you know, make a name. And, and he did a great job in, in that Kurt match, but I didn't see that in this match. And I know Austin Theory is really young, like he's super young and they were trying to push him as like the future, the future, the future. I don't know if he necessarily maximized his minutes with as much as Chiampa gave him in this match. It was a good match. Um, I can see what you're saying there, but I think with Austin, there's a a, a big a big spot for him coming up soon, and I think um, it's going to be. I think you'll see him maximize those spins. I think they're slowly building him up. Um, he's definitely it's different than Cena and Angle because you know Angle was a heel and Cena was this just just like you know young up and coming babyface where you have this is a flip which is you know you have 
Ciampa as the babyface and Austin Theory is this young heel, kind of like a Randy Orton, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of reminds me of Orton in a way because it's funny. I went back and rewatched. Um, this has been weird to me, by the way. I <laughs> I um, just one day had this in my gut, like I need to watch Orton versus Benoit from 2004 SummerSlam, mm-hmm. right? So then it got me thinking. Of, then I then it, then it put me down the rabbit hole. Then I'm like, you know, I'm gonna watch the when he got turned on by Triple H, and mm-hmm. then I didn't realize they wrestled again on the uh, the next night. I forgot because it's been such a long time, and they don't put Chris Benoit's name on the results of matches. Mm-hmm. But I watched that match; and it was great, and I saw the angle, and I started talking about evolution, and yeah, and um, and, and all of a sudden, like you know, this whole ruthless aggression. You know, I don't. I, the only thing I watched was this evolution one because I just had it was in that evolution kick. Mm-hmm. So it's like seeing Randy Orton when he first started. I was a baby, you know, like just a young kid on the roster. You know, he didn't. He, he doesn't look like he is now, obviously, because he doesn't have the experience then, right? Austin Theory reminds me of that. Like you could tell, like there's something there. There's something that could be great, but he just needs someone to kind of guide him. And I and I think that's what we'll see in the future with him. I think he's going to be. Uh, I think he's going to be. He's going to turn out be really good. It's just. Um, you know, he's still young and, and Kai was like 22 years old or something like that. So just ridiculous. You know, God bless him. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but I think he's going to be a, a major player. I think what they want to do is he, you know, he was competitive at Ciampa. Um, I thought it was interesting how he, he, he was in there still with, um, you know, usually WWE booking is like guy gets, you know, who got beat rolls out and we never see him from again. Right. Mm-hmm. But Chomp, but, but, but theory came in and he was still in the, in the corner and came in and tried to attack Chompa, which I like that. I like that. That's cool to me. You know, I really enjoyed that part of that match. And he took that great bump and, took that, you know, so I think, I think he's there. I think, I think we're just got to give a little more, be a little more patient with this kid. I think he's going to be, he'll be, he'll be something that we talk about in the, in definitely near future. Gargano attacks Chompa after the match They're They're setting up, that uh, whatever whatever it's going to be for what we think is is uh, like a loser leaves town or something, mm-hmm. but uh, they're full steam ahead there. Uh, Cameron Grimes uh, beat uh, Dijakovic after Damian Priest uh, slapped uh, Dijakovic in the back of the leg with a stick or whatever he had, and uh, they teased Dijakovic getting counted out with the ten count. And he dives in at nine and three quarters, and right when he dives in, he eats the the stomp by grimes and and grimes won i really lo- i really like that finish oh, awesome and awesome. uh and i like i mean i like cameron grimes i don't, I don't know if cameron grimes is going to be the guy to face keith lee it looks like he you know it's priest and dijakovic and lee and maybe grimes is now in the mix but Definitely i would be grimes, totally yeah. fine i would be totally fine with with a keith lee and cameron grimes program. oh 100 man I'm, I'm i'm 100 with that match and that's definitely what they're going with i mean obviously because this is you know, a, a number one contenders match. I, I I don't know if they really focus on that, but you know, just from the uh, Keith Lee saying to Dijakovic, you know, let's do it again. I'm I'm down for it. And then I think they even more than focus. Maybe they did say that he, this is. Uh, and then you know, I'm just thinking like, okay, Grimes is just going to be the guy that loses to Dijakovic to build to a couple more weeks till they have this rematch again. But then I love the twist of that. I love that. I like stuff like that. I like stuff that keeps you on your toes like that. And um, that finished, man, that double stomp was, I mean, I hate the double stomp. I like, I literally just don't give a crap about it. One, maybe just because like it was like indie rific and like everyone's doing the double stomp and I'm just like, I'm getting tired of it. I'm just tired of it. But for some reason, maybe because the guy has such a great vertical leap, 
Um, his just jumping up and just going straight down uh, makes that move look awesome. Everyone else, I just don't give a crap. Except, I, actually, I do like Finn Balor. Finn Balor looks like he really just gets the drills the hell out of you. But um, yeah, I don't. I always feel like he's gonna turn his ankle. He does it so hard. <laughs> but other than Finn and, and then you know, other than that, and you know, I see an indie guy do it, I'm like, Pfft. you know, just gonna roll my eyes. And I think the other important thing on NXT was uh, Finn Balor did an interview and uh, he was, you know, he was Finn Balor. He was impressive. And then Imperium comes out and attacks him and leave him, leave him left uh, laying. And it looks like they're setting up Finn Balor and Walter, which is great if that's where it leads. So we'll see if uh, Finn Balor has a partner maybe for Imperium soon. But he was he was laid out uh, and left for dead. And, and they're kind of kicking that whole thing off. So that's that seems to be, you know, Rather than Adam Adam Cole, or maybe he still will do something there, but it looks like there's something there with uh, him and Walter. Yeah, you know, he, we had that um, Ireland takeover coming up too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it seems like it's going to be WrestleMania Walter versus uh, Balor at that WrestleMania in Tampa uh, takeover in Tampa. Um, I don't want to see Walter lose, but I feel like I he know. also can't beat Finn at this point. So. Um, I think they want Finn. I mean, I don't know. I just got a gut feeling they want Finn the headline as champ. And who he headlines against, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the guys. Maybe uh, an all-Ireland match with, you know, Jordan Devlin and him would be freaking, you know, teacher versus student kind of thing. That would be pretty cool. Uh, or Walter gets a rematch in Ireland, tries to go for, take title back from uh, Balor. I mean, that could be good. I just want Walter to keep the belt. I and mean, anyone who, anyone that's going to beat Walter, I want it to beat Tyler Bate just come, just from their classic they had, you know. Um, but you know, I I I I I won't hate it, hate it. But um, but yeah, I, I thought the segment was really good though. I thought you know Balor was great. Uh, Marcel Bartel was great on the mic. He's such a good talker, very underrated. He took that great pump over that step. And I was like, you know, I'm always thinking when I, when I watch this stuff, I'm always like thinking like, okay, what's next? What's next? What can we do? I want to see this. This would be cool. And like, I was like, I hope Marcel just comes flying out and just cuts him off. And sure enough, he does. I just, I just pop big for that. And that, that looked cool. And then that, you know, um, I can see, I don't know if Balor's going to have team with anyone. I think it might be one of those things where like each week he wrestles like, you know, Marcel Bartel the first week, and then he wrestles mm-hmm. Fabian Eicher the next week, beats him, and then you know, then um, um, Alexander Wolf, and who knows who else maybe, and then uh, he you know, finally gets that match with Walter at uh, Takeover Tampa. All right, let's move on to Dynamite, and uh, the uh, the go home angle for Jericho and Moxley was a weigh in. It was the last segment of the show. Gary Michael Capetta. <laughs> introducing uh both guys and uh john moxley there weighed in at uh, 234 which mm, he's probably not 234 uh but um and then jericho was you know he was kind of haggling you know gotta take off this gotta take off this with their uh what 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 was their uh Paint pain maker, their their sweatsuits or whatever they were wearing. Yeah, there's pain cool. ma- pain maker. So yeah, that, that was funny. The whole you know the old the old team coming out was was fun to watch. Uh yeah, varsity club jackets yeah, or something. Yeah. And then uh, and then uh, Moxley just like headbutts him right in the nose and they just go at it. Jesus. 
and then Jericho's busted wide open. Dustin comes out, and uh, and oh. he goes after Swagger, and then they go they go into the um, they go out out of the ring and in, into the stands, and then even into like the the arena. And Jr. was just Jr. and Excalibur. Or, or I don't know, maybe it was Jaren Shivani, but they were just they were just trying to like be humorous in uh, making sure that uh, that you know they didn't ruin the dipping dots, and it was, it was so silly, but I still laughed because you know it was like one of those things where like they they were just trying so hard to to get I, something like that in. I didn't laugh because I'm mean, here. You have this great brawl that's that's happening in the ring then we have i understand getting hager out there because you want to get him away from all this because you know you're booking him as this you know ultimate badass that should help clean house right and save jericho so you get i understand the reason you're getting Rhodes to brawl with hager out of the building but like you know like it was talked about like you know throw him in the dipping dots and so jim ross like blows it he goes Hope they don't hit the dipping dots and they don't even do anything yet. And then finally, all of a sudden, he goes in, Oh no, not the dipping dots. So, like, we had this, like, really serious, great, great man. I love that go home angle at the end of Dynamite. And then you have that, like, just like moment. And then it was like, everyone else got in the, involved, like, Oh, he's joking around. We're going to joke around too. And then here comes Excalibur, here comes Tony, Taz, maybe. I don't know who else was in that damn booth. They got, they got so many guys in that booth now. Um, it's just, it's just that, that kind of, that was, I, I, that was I, the, that was the low light for me on that. But other well, than see, that, I, I, I feel like great. stuff like that, like for the, you know, now when you're talking about 870,000 people, there aren't a lot of casuals. There's almost all hardcores, but I feel like people like us who kind of understand what's going on, we, we probably get a little frustrated, but I think. Uh, other people may may have fun with it, and so I, I didn't look at it from like this, like oh he ruined the segment kind of thing. I, I was just like, it's just one of those things where the, the guys, are, you know, they're kind of trying to, you know, while they're putting something serious over, are trying to pop each other at the same time. I get it; it's kind of it's kind of funny, but um, the that that wasn't even my favorite thing of that whole segment, which was Darby Allen running down with his skateboard and he tries to come in the ring and Sammy Guevara hits the sweetest like running knee uh as as he he's he's leaning into in, in in trying to get into the ring just laid him out broke the skateboard i thought that was like such perfect timing sammy guevara just what you know i, I don't know what he did as far as like his youth and, and his athleticism but great timing just can move so well. Darby Allen is obviously, you know, he's an up and comer. I, I'm really looking forward to those guys. Now, I don't know if the match, I you know, we'll see as far as if the match is great or not. I, I'm going to probably guess it'll probably be pretty good. I don't think it'll be great, but just the fact that AEW has two young guys that are there who are kind of competing against each other. You you can, you can throw in Jungle Boy there as well because Jungle Boy got the pin on Guevara in their in their six man, but like just the the actual. You see three guys who you know, you know, over the next year, they're not going to be in the main event status. Maybe over the next two years, they're not going to be in the main event picture. But, you know, slowly but surely, they're going to climb that ladder. And at some point, you know, we're going to see MJF and Sammy Guevara and and Darby Allen and and Jungle Boy and those guys like be really really near near the top of the card. I think it's going to be awesome. Like that's kind of what I was feeling when I was watching that at the end of that segment. 
Yeah, I think they'll be. I think it should be there sooner than later. Honestly, with all those those three, especially especially Guevara and, and Darby Allen for sure. Um, yeah, was that, that that was a cool moment. I love that moment. Um, some really well timed knees this week on Wednesday night, right? Like <laughs> the Champa to Austin Theory knee. Like holy cow! Like how that look at that timing of that. My goodness, now what a perfect camera angle for that too. Um, yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun. That's a fun post-match angle. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I know I was a little bummed out about the, the over-exaggeration on the dip of the hot stuff. And, but other than that, I mean, I, oh God, man, that, that, that headbutt. Phew. What the hell, man? Talk about going all out for their main event. Um, the only thing more brutal than that headbutt was Mansoor coming up short on his moonsault against Dolphin, knees hitting Dolphin ooh, right in the gut. Oh, man. I, I didn't see that yet. I don't know if I watched that <laughs> match, but maybe I'll catch it on the highlight. You know, Mansoor has some charisma. I, I, he yeah, does. He, he's got charisma. Uh, okay, so uh, the other uh, the other thing, uh, well, we'll talk about the other important things on AEW. Omega and and Pac go thirty minutes right at the start of the show. They do um, three falls, and Omega wins two to one after they go sudden death on that third fall. The uh, <clears throat> the match I thought was pretty good. The only the only thing where I sort of fell out of it a little bit is. They started doing the my turn, your turn with like these gigantic moves. <laughs> you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you do the my turn, your turn, you you know, do the big punch and the other big punch, you come back with the big punch. But in this one, they're doing like these like high spot moves. <laughs> it was like my turn, your wait turn. A, wait a second. Right, wait, wait, right wait. in the middle are of the match. Are we agreeing right now? Are we, are we going to be agreeing on this match? I thought for sure this was going to be our knockdown drag out fight. No, I mean, I, I like the match, but that's just the, the part of the match that kind of took me out of it a little bit where, you know, where, where they did that. And I was like, ah, I, was, I wish they wouldn't have done that because I know what they were doing. They're just getting the fans to, to go nuts. But mm-hmm. it, it took me out of out of the seriousness of the match i still overall liked it i wouldn't say i loved it but i overall i liked it i liked the storytelling i liked the finish um pack is great because he's not going to lose a step for losing this match because you know he's by the end of the show he's over again well let's talk about that in a second here but yeah go ahead no but that that was pretty much it i i, I enjoyed it but that 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 middle part of the match i was mm-hmm. i didn't like that much okay so let's start this <laughs> seven drinking tonight so watch out um <laughs> it's as a match from the bell the time it rang to the end i enjoyed it right for what it is i thought as well you like they went it was like too much of big moves kicking out you know, mm-hmm. like like at, at, at some point you're just killing everything you're, you're doing all these great stuff that could really build to something and, and it just wasn't they're just killing it they're just killing this Kill the business now. They're just killing these moves. I think they could have spaced some things out, told a little better story. I mean, people were going nuts over it, but they're just kick, sh- kicking out of stuff, you know, that was like too big to kick out of my opinion. I don't know. What's going to what's gonna feed them next time? Well, the one wing angel, the only thing they could beat Pac, I guess. Um, what really upset me was before, was after the, just right after the bell. Here's the thing. This match should never have been booked anyways at this point in time. I've said this before. I'll say it now. Um, Why are they having this match? I understand it's like, you know, Paige and Omega are involved with the tax stuff. Like, keep that going. That's cool. I like that, what they're doing there. But, like, this is just thrown. It's just, like, shoehorned in, in my opinion. Um, Pac, what, a few weeks ago, three weeks ago, kidnapped his best friend, Nakazawa, right? 
kidnapped him, threatened to beat him up. We never, we never, we got no conclusion of that. Unless it was on BTE, but I don't watch it. I mean, it probably was, but yeah, we don't know what happened because yeah. we don't watch that show. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, he kidnaps or or like I said, he doesn't really kidnap her. He just holds her by some kind of you know, against her will, even though he's not holding her. She just you know, Rio's just clutching her title. They shaking. were playing. They were they were playing freeze tag. We just didn't know it. Yeah, apparently so. Right, and he's threatening her. Then he has some, you know, Nyla Rose come out and powerbomb her through a table. Well, not through a table. She's bounced off it. Right? So what? So this grudge, this grudge match. Okay, now we're going to a grudge. Let's have a 30-minute Iron Man match. That's not a, that's not a grudge seller for a grudge. or uh, uh, Two guys that want to beat each other up. Two guys you would think want to just fight each other out, right? And so they go out there. You know, Omega comes out there and Mr. Nonchalant. Gets in there, doing the same thing he does every match. Just kind of being there, shaking it, getting ready. What they do? <sighs> they circle and lock up. After you attacked your friend, after you attacked your other friend, you're going to circle and lock up? No. Start fighting. Start going at it. Start brawling. Start going around the ring. That's how you work it. And that's what I was so frustrated by that beginning. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you guys have been setting up this feud. Like, Pac wants to rip Omega apart. Omega just, I don't know, nonchalantly wants to have the match anyways or something. It's poorly executed at that point. I was just really frustrated that. Like, that they, sh- you know, Omega is a great athlete. He's really good. But this is where I will say that he's not the best worker in the world because that's not what a best worker thinks. You you work to the match that you're plant you're building to, and this is a grudge. You work it like a grudge, not just the, the same old match with a bunch of big moves and spots like you've you know you do all the time. Well, the part that I will definitely agree is they were telling two different stories mm-hmm. on the same show with Kenny. And it did seem a little convoluted because you're, you, you know, it's, it's almost like a jump cut in a movie. He just has this match. He's, you know, he's 30 minutes and he's in this, in the submission hold, he's ready to pass out and he wins this, this match at the end and then cut to another segment where he's like fresh and it's before the show and mm-hmm. he's interviewing and he's goofing off and he's joking. There was a disconnect there for me as well. So I agree with you on that. I think, I think the interesting thing is, you know, I've commended them for taking a lot of the suggestions or not, who knows if they took the suggestions, but they knew that certain things weren't working on that show and they changed and they adapted and they made the show faster and they packed in more in the segments. So even if, like I said, on Wrestling Observer Radio, if you don't like the wrestling, I get that part of it because the wrestling is a little bit different, but the show is entertaining because the characters are also entertaining and the characters are given stories that, that they can sort of sink their teeth into. Now, some of it's not, some of it doesn't work. Some of it works really well, but the thing about the, uh, the show is I think, you know, and, and we can, you know, we've talked about sort of the business of AEW, their main cut they there. They are the, um, the TV station, TNT, is where they make mm-hmm. the majority of their money. So if you are packing, if, if you are trying to create a TV show where there's something for the fans to look forward to, to keep coming back every week, every week, every week, every week, I sort of get it. And you're going to make some of those mistakes that, that you just mentioned. But the other thing is that 
you know, we we are in a day and age with, with wrestling where, you know, we just talked about, you know, Vince McMahon shit canning like a whole, you know, three months of, of stories because he just didn't like it to where that happens in wrestling so often. And, you know, WWE's the biggest game in town and they, they sort of, you know, they, they allow that to happen that when it happens on other shows and where maybe they do something that I, I think is a little bit of a disconnect, I sort of give them the benefit of the doubt because I'm like, well you know, this happens in WWE all the time. As long as it doesn't happen as much in WWE, then, I, then I'm okay with it. And so I think in that sense, I probably do give AEW as the startup, as the new company, a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt with that kind of stuff, because I think they need to sort of learn TV a lot better. And, and I think they're getting better at it because these shows have been really good. Like these last four or five weeks of shows, whether or not you like the wrestling necessarily, the shows move and they feel important and they feel like they're building to a crescendo which is supposedly going to be this pay-per-view i don't dislike the wrestling i just think they should certain things they need to execute i think they have some smart people there that should have caught something like that you know that's like an easy catch like you know how are you guys gonna start this match off and you're like oh we're gonna circle and lock up like no this guy took your friend and threatened him somehow and did something with him and he also threatened uh, your other friend and you know that, that i just think you know that stuff they'll need to get a little smarter and, and better at um overall though i do like dynamite i think it's a, it's a fun uh, i have to act the pace of the show i think they're really doing well i think because they cut a lot of they cut a lot of the the the, the bad out you know the, the whole nightmare collective they got rid of that thank goodness that was good that they listened and just bailed on that because and you know and then they scaled back in the dark order stuff it's like mm-hmm. one little segment and, it, and it's fine Though, but but they will have to add more stuff so they don't burn out their top acts at the same time. Yeah, true. And it's you have to figure out how to include everyone. Um, this show I thought was, you know, I overall, other my frustrations with some of the execution of the Iron Man match. You know, the first half I enjoyed. Uh, once we got to like the best friend segment, of that match was kind of like, eh. and then you had the girls, all oh, the four way match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I can't. I can't imagine even the hardest of the hardcores of the AW mm-hmm. fan base was like as glued in. Like that was the time where you, oh, you know, you know what? I'm really hungry. I'm gonna go get a snack, or I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Like I, I feel like that happened probably a lot during that match because I know I was like, I, I watched this show late and I was like, okay, I'll, I kind of want to get through as much mm-hmm. as I can before I go to bed. I'm gonna skip through a lot of this match, and I and I skip. I did skip through a lot of it until until the finish. You didn't see uh, Yuka Zakazaki. What was her name? Um, I think that's her name, right? Yuka Zakazaki, uh, the the little jap, the magic the magic girl. I mean, I saw her. I don't I don't remember. Oh man, you gotta watch that. <laughs> she was like out there acting like she didn't know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was and, uh, there was uh, uh, right at the beginning of the match actually like the they they were doing stuff and she's just kind of like jumping around. Yeah, like just was jumping like, in, in 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 and the crowd's like, ha, okay, ha ha ha." <laughs> they did get and they started hitting a bunch of moves at the end, but like really poorly executed. I mean, it was it was a dark match, but they didn't have really any other women on the show, yeah. so I, I guess that's why they put it on there. Big Swole's not ready for TV at all. I don't, you know. And she loses the fall after last week they shoot an angle with her and Nyla Rose to maybe build something there. Um, you know, Hikaru Shida, I love her. She's beautiful. Um, she has some talent, but I also think I can, you can just tell she's has her limitations. Shauna, same, beautiful. Um, yeah, some good athletic ability, but you know, you know the problem. The problem is, is that they there are a lot of women who are at the same level. 
And so who is going to bring them up to the Yeah, there's the no leaders level. there. There's no leaders and, there. You know, that you know, sort of like the the Chris Hero in NXT, right? Like mm-hmm. you have someone who's really good whose whose job is to get other folks ready, but they don't really have that really great wrestler who can who can who you who uh, a big swole can wrestle ten times, you know, in a row and and just keep getting better and better and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, it's, I think some people have made this argument too in the past, like you don't have to have a, a women's division just to have it, right? If you don't have the talent for it. But, you know, uh, I always hope they can get some signings that will will definitely, uh, some veteran signings. I don't know who's out there now in the days, right? Like, especially when, like, I mean, Shady Martinez gets souped up by NXT. You know, I thought she would have been good for that roster. That would have been, she would have been perfect. Yeah, she would have been perfect in that role. But, you know, she went to NXT. Um, so, yeah. So we talked about uh, Kenny Omega already, but what did you think about the interview segment with Jr. and their, you know, their little, uh, <laughs> I don't know what you would call Omega and and Paige as a team, but uh, you know, odd couple maybe. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And the the Bucks want their titles, and and they're they're sort of you know still all part of the elite. Paige is like, nah, I tried to get out, you guys didn't let me get out. So some interesting and kind of funny segments and you know i I thought it was it it was well done because it didn't feel fake necessarily it felt it didn't feel scripted i should say it's not that it didn't feel fake it it didn't feel scripted so i thought their each of their personalities were sort of able to shine and you know i'm really excited for that match and i'm really excited for this storyline we've talked about page and omega and this odd couple storyline being really interesting and i'm just looking forward to seeing what's next um, I, I thought it was good. Um, I thought the young bucks came up, came out kind of unlikable to me. Like you know, I don't know. They're, that, yeah, they're they're forcing the they're forcing it a little bit, which almost yeah. makes them de facto heels. Like yeah, Matt Jackson kind of just came off to me poorly. I'm like, well, screw this guy. You know, I want to see. And Paige kind of in the end really came like the bay face. Like I'm here for business, and yeah, you know, you know, why you guys overlooking what we're accomplishing, what we accomplished as a team. And Omega's like, oh, everyone's cool. I thought they could. <laughs> I thought they could have done it to where like Paige is just sitting there, just you know, he's steaming, he's drinking. And uh, the Bucks and Omega are just kind of like talking about how this is great. It's going to be so much fun for our fans, all the BTE fans, the people that support from the Guineas. We're going to go out there, have a great match for the titles and, you know, and, you know, just kind of be like a buddy, buddy, exciting for not just them personally, um, but also excited for the fans. They, you know, who's been there from the beginning, right? And then I would love to see at the end, JR, like, Paige, what's your comments? And he just cuts us like a, a, a promo, like, I'm going to, I mean, yeah, you guys are all happy and looking forward to wrestling each other, ha, 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 shake hands. But no, I'm going there. I'm going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the, I'm going to do some cowboy shit. I'm going to hit my buckshot Larry and knock your freaking head off. And I'm, and I'm we're, we're going to retain the title. Just walk off. That's what I would thought. That's how I would have booked it. Like, that, that, that was going to kill her. But like, holy shit, man, what's going to happen here? You know, uh, uh, but it, it was, it was fine. It was good. But I thought, that 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 would be even a little cooler, but um, but I like stuff like that. I like segments like this that they do. I like you said, but it was, it was like almost like Bizarro World because first we have an Iron Man match with Omega yeah. and this that's, issue, and that's we had the that. part that that I didn't really like was yeah. uh, was just the order. Um, the, I almost feel like maybe they should have saved it for like that countdown show, which I didn't get to see yet. I hope to watch it tomorrow, mm-hmm. but they did a countdown show after Dynamite, so um, I like the the Cody and the MGFs vignette was good the little mm-hmm. promo i thought that was mm-hmm. good uh what do you think about this Pac versus orange cassidy match coming up saturday so let's actually kick off our discussion about these matches so i think um i, w- I was watching the orange cassidy 
and the bunny do the thing in the middle of that match. And it, it hit me on what it reminded me of, which is, you remember when uh, Rikishi and Too Cool would randomly like just start dancing in the middle of the Royal Rumble? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's what it reminded me of. I was like, okay, this is entertaining, but it's in the middle of a match and what's happening, you know, with these guys on the outside. And, you know, like I said, it's 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 entertaining for what it is, but it's really just Rikishi and Too Cool dancing all over again. You have to really go like, okay, like I just have to accept what this is in order to like it. And if you can accept it being in the middle of just this fight, then I can see why you like it. To me, I wish it wasn't there because the match should be the most important thing rather than, you know, this, this quasi... Um, improv segment in the middle of the match. But look, I mean, I, do I believe that Pac is going to get something out of this dude? I, I, I absolutely do. Is it going to be a hard-fought wrestling match the way that I enjoy wrestling matches? Probably not. But I know that Orange Cassidy is going to get cheered like crazy during this match. So what? Like I can't like I can't say that this is a bad thing either. This match should be booked like Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet. <laughs> it had better be. Because <laughs> I just found out. I text the man. I text him. I say, big day. How long is this show, bro? He's like four hours. My God. <laughs> and at five o'clock. You can't start at four, people. Well, the f- I think four starts the pre-show, right? What's on it? The pre-show. So this is the first match. I think this is the pre-show match. Uh, SoCal Uncensored. So Kazarian and Scorpio Sky with Christopher Daniels, or as JR called him, Too Cold Scorpio, Mm -hmm. versus uh, the Dark Order. So Evil Uno and Stu Grayson uh, with the two lackeys. And I think that's the pre-show match. Okay, that's fine. I don't not really look forward to the match anyway, so I'll probably but, miss that. But maybe something happens, you know, the the, the next exalted part one. of that story, yeah, with the Exalted One. Yeah, man, I think I, I'm guessing it's Matt Hardy at this point. Um, 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 I just think, I mean, I understand, I, this is what I think the match is going to go. I think Pac is going to, ha- you know, you think he's going to beat him pretty good in the beginning he, and it, and he's it, gonna get he's gonna get thrown off by the sloth stuff right yeah like that's Pac, right he's gonna try to do a match and he's gonna do the 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 repetitions that he knows and then this guy's like going like a quarter of speed and so he's gonna adjust but then like if you've seen old orange cassidy match i've seen some you know and he does turn it up and he does you know he's a he's a talented wrestler when he does his stuff mm-hmm. um but like the way they've been booking this guy as being you know, he gets beat up like constantly by everyone. I mean, Bunny just nutted him in the in the nuts a couple weeks ago, like no problem. He went down like a you know, went down like a like a bag of uh, potatoes, you know, second potatoes. Um, so like, but Pac has been a freaking badass. So I think Pac should destroy him, but I know they're not going to do that because it's not cool and it's not fun. And you know we got to have everyone get their their moment in and all that stuff. But I think if I was booking it, I would just say, "Hey man, you got to have Pac needs to destroy this guy because he should." And I, I don't want to see him you know get beat up and tossed around and thrown around by this guy. I think he, you know, he needs to be because Pac has something special, has something different there. And if save Moxley goes over on Jericho, I don't, I don't think he is. But if he does, like you have a guy like you know built up for him, you know, and then they come in the in the coming months. So, I I think 
Pac will play along for a little bit, and then I think he will beat the shit out of him. Like I, that, that's how it should happen. Like Orange Cassidy should get mm-hmm. one thing in that the fans can really just go crazy for, and then Pac finally kind of goes, "Okay, this is it." And, and you know, maybe he gets like a quick near fall or something. But other than that, it should be Pac, like you said, you know, Pac really taking it to him. Brock um, Lesnar versus Ricochet. <laughs> The match that I don't, uh, the match that I don't want to watch, and uh, I, you know, Nyla Rose and, and Chris Statlander. I don't think this is going to be good, but this is not why I want to. Wa- I don't want to watch it. What I don't want to see are all the people on Twitter who are telling me that this match is not as bad as everyone says it is. That's what I don't want to watch. Well, let's hope they have a good match. Well, okay, but if you were to if you were to bet money on whether it was going to be. Average or bad? What where would you put your money? Oh, bad. Yeah, me too. Just from what I've just from what I've seen, I'm just saying I'm hoping that it's going to be good. You know, I, I hope so too. And I'm not saying that I don't want either of these women to succeed because you know I want them to have. I want everyone to have a good match. You know, in, in the ring, but the, there's but, bopping the noses and. But the I'm thing, out. the thing that I don't want to see <laughs> is, you know, people go, "Oh, this match isn't that bad. It's not as bad as you think it is." Like there was a discussion on our uh, on our uh, on our group on our fight game podcast facebook group about the the women's four way and there was a uh, a couple of folks who were like it's not that bad and there were a couple of folks who were like this is terrible and somebody took the ratings of what what's that website that does the match ratings uh matt like like the star ratings yeah yeah whatever that website is, is that and like <laughs> no no <laughs> You can do it on your phone. You're like uh, you're like ra- rating matches. Oh, like, cage match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cage cool. Whatever that is. I think so. And I and I think the cumulative rating with by the fans watching the TV show was like two and a half stars for that match. And I was like, all what? all idiots. <laughs> it's <just> okay. <laughs> but it, it's not, it's not it's not that they're idiots. No, it's no, that just, they just they messing. Want, they want the match to succeed so badly. They want these women to be so good that they're going to overrate it just so that it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling that's what's going to happen here. Uh, you know, if if this match is three three stars, I will come on this podcast on, on Saturday night and say, "Wow, like I was really impressed." But more than likely, it's not. And the people on Twitter are going to try to say that it was three stars when it was one and a half stars or, you know, you, you don't do star ratings anymore, but you know, you know what I'm saying? No, nah, man. Yeah. No more stars. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I'm just hoping it's good. Cause I, I want to see all the matches succeed and be really good. Um, I was just joking about people. If they like it, they like it. I'm not, I'm just not bagging on anyone, but, uh, just having fun there. Um, I, you know, the issue I see is both women are limited, right? Inexperience, especially in a big match like this. Uh, but you know they could can it, and uh, they could, you know, work on it for the you know leading up to it, and they could get their execution down, and, and it could be really good. So I'm hoping for, I hope that happens. Uh, Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara. I'm really looking forward to this match, and I'm not expecting a classic. I'm just expecting to see two guys who have good chemistry together and are on this big stage together for the first time, and I mm-hmm. want to see them like really, really, really come together and, and just show and put their best foot forward and show that, you know, they are kind of the future. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I like, I like this match a lot. Um, 
um, when it was booked and then they're building really nicely. Uh, Darby was doing a great job. I like the, I like the idea with, you know, he can't speak and he's been doing the signs mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I wish it wasn't during the picture in picture, <laughs> honestly, because sometimes I click and fast forward and I'm like, wait a second, let me check that out. See what they're doing there. And, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to, I, maybe Darby does some craziness and gets pinned on this one. You know, and he, Sammy he, has been losing a lot. He, I didn't think he should. He should have lost the Jurassic Express this show. I thought um, the the Dynamite show. I thought, um, especially, you know, I thought, I thought, L, I thought uh, LAX. I thought Inner Circle definitely needed some momentum because you know, other than Jericho, it, you know, the other guys lose a lot. So I thought mm-hmm. maybe this is the match. And it's okay. You could beat Marco Stunt like no big deal, right? Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. I just thought, yeah. Um, and plus, you had Darby Allen coming out out later too, like for a run in for in the main event segment. So you could, because you know his pop was good when he came out for the second time, but it is you know it's not as good as that last week when he just came out for the first time, right? Yeah. So uh, and, you know they already saw him twice, so they saw him earlier. So this wasn't as big of a big of a special moment when he came out. So but yeah, I thought that was a miscount. So yeah, I think I think Sammy definitely needs to I'm sure a coffin drop on something crazy will happen and uh, I think I can see Sammy getting the win here. Jake Hager and uh Dustin Rhodes. I I hope it's short. I hope it's like a short brawl with two just big bruising guys beating each other up. I I hope that Hager does not take the Canadian Destroyer though. Oh. <laughs> that looks like like if I was him. Man. I feel like they're building to Shadow Dreams though. Yeah, I could see that. But I don't want Hager losing his first match either. I don't either. And I don't, I don't either. So I can see Shadow Dreams interference from. Other inner circle members, and then whatever um, Hager is going to use for a finish in AEW. I don't know. Dr. Bomb, or I just love that Dr. Bomb he did, but I don't think he's going to be doing that. I mean, he'll probably do some kind of MMA submission or maybe a nut, another nut shot into <laughs> into some kind of a head arm choke or something. I don't know. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see. Um, I, think, I think Hager needs to win, definitely win this match because Dustin, he doesn't need to win, right? He just doesn't need it. Uh, Omega and Page against the Young Bucks, which is probably going to be your crazy spot mm-hmm. spot fest uh, match that uh, will, will more than likely be good, uh, really good, probably. Uh, and and uh, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like I want to see the Omega and Page storyline keep going, but the Young Bucks can't keep losing these mm-hmm. matches. So the booking will be interesting here. Yeah, 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 I agree. And that's why I'm looking forward to this match. I think it'll be more of a story than we think. I think like, we'll give them credit for it. I know they're, you know, people will say, oh, they're going to just do a bunch of crazy moves. And I'm sure there will be. But I think with what I like about this is with the Omega and Paige story, you, you have to infuse some kind of a more of a little more storytelling in this match. So, um, which I think will help slower the pace a little bit and build to the bigger spots. So uh, I, I think they'll have a good one. It's probably. Uh, probably the second or third I'm looking forward to most on this on the show. MJF and Cody. I'm not sure. Like this is where you know the kind of match you're talking about, where it's like a fight. Like mm-hmm. these guys better not lock up. Yeah. As a brawl, I think they're gonna have a really good brawl. So, uh, so I, I'm looking forward to that part of it. And you know, any anything with Cody is uh, he 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 is really good at being Cody Rhodes, and and you know he's kind of blossomed into this wrestling superstar in front of our eyes so it's really fun to see and, and obviously mjf is 
MJF is the goods, you know. I don't I don't know if he'll ever be well, we'll see as far as can he be that high quality caliber wrestler to be championship level and hold the title. Like that's not his role, what his role is today. His role is to be, you know, Rowdy Ready Piper Jr., which is awesome because he's great at it. But this is uh this is a this is a big step for him because he is now uh in, you know, I th- I think even as much as the main event, maybe even more than the main event, this is the match that the the hardcore fans want to see most. Yeah, this is the one I want to see the most personally. I think, uh, you know, I love what Cody does. Everything he does, I really overall enjoy, and uh, I think he's going mean, to tell isn't what, it. I mean, is it kind of funny? Like, it was only, like, what, like four years ago where you're, like, you know, you're working... Stardust? And you're booking... Well, no, you're booking You're booking AEW, oh. and, and this guy comes through for, you know, a few shots, and you get to see kind of his... Uh, you know, Laying the comeback story, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was definitely cool to be part of that and experience those shows with with him on it. And you know, he he had that connection from the beginning. You know, with those especially those APW crowds, he he you know he was uh, another level, obviously, because his years of working in the biggest company in the world and the biggest crowds, and he's it was cool to see his professionalism. It's cool to see how he commanded that audience and. Um, uh, He's the best to me in the AEW, I think, when it comes to his matches. And um, I'm looking forward to that story. I think it's going to be really good. I, I was, I believe MJF should be going over, obviously. Um, I think MJF is the goods. I think he's going to be a future great world champion. I want to see, like, when his contract comes up, how much money he's going to throw at him, right? <laughs> like, and uh, he's going to be sitting pretty in a few years, whatever that, what that is. So, um, he is, he is, he is smaller than a lot of their guys. Mm-hmm. That, that, like, like if, if, but if God, it, his personality, though. No, no, no. I know, like, a Triple H, you know, would be like, okay, this is our guy. And then Vince would look at him and go, wait, this is your guy? Like, you know, and then I don't know. The, he just, doesn't seem to be like that Vince McMahon guy, but I mean, he should be everybody's guy. Yeah, no, he's 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 freaking fantastic, and I don't know. I can I can kind of feel like a stoppage coming up in this match, right? You have Cody with the you know being beat up the last few weeks, taking that you know beat up from the cage match, beat up from just winning the cage match with that moonsault. I think he hurt his ankle or something like that. Broke or, broke his. Uh, toe one of his toes um you know um i could definitely see wardlow getting involved is i don't think he's banned from ringside or anything so no Wardlow's gonna be there and so is arn and so is arn so i i can see a throw in a towel with oh there he did that with uh <laughs> with uh jericho but i can see something where it's a it's a stoppage and bleeding internally or whatnot and just you know mjf just you know coming out on top here do you think they do uh, more than one match? I would hope so. I mean, I what's Cody? What's, what else Cody have? Can, can, I mean, can can you do programs in in wrestling today? Yeah, you yeah. Multiple, wrestling's multiple built matches. on programs for sure. But, yeah. but but a lot of companies, you know, they don't really set up a feud and do the matches in in a way of like okay first match you're looking forward to it builds to a second match which people are on fire for and then the third match is like that's the one i guess um w does it i mean they do it a lot a lot of times no right? but by the time by the time the third match comes you're like i'm kind of over this like i guess uh, gargano and uh, and cole mm-hmm. um i think they gargano, got their- champa champa too I mean, I think NXT does a really good job with it. Let's just say that. I mean, I know WWE main roster stuff can be kind of frustrating, but I think in in um, general, WWE's really 
big on that because you you have to stretch these programs out because what's you're gonna blow through all your stuff before year one and then what's but, next? But you know? but I think about you know you think about the goal of of what a three match program is. It's not for the first match to be the most important one. It's for mm-hmm. the third match. That's to be what the I'm saying. One. Ref stoppage here, like the ref stoppage. Um, you know, MJF can you know say he beat Cody and you stay away from him for a little bit. And but Cody wants him still. He could definitely keep going back to it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Easy. This is easily done. All right. And then we got the, uh, the championship match, Jericho and Moxley. I never thought, you know, I, I was pretty hard on Moxley when he left WWE just cause of, I didn't like necessarily all of the excuses. Um, but, I'm 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 on board with Moxley. He's been really good. Obviously, I've, I've I've been a Chris Jericho fan, you know, for the longest time. So I love I love Jericho stuff, and he looks like he's in a lot better shape than he was uh, even a couple of, uh, a couple of weeks ago. He 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 looked to to thin out. I think uh, Danny, uh, our buddy Danny Acosta, he called it uh, what did he call it? Booze fasting or something? Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean the the match. I don't know if it's it's going to be great. It's also kind of has to be. A brawl the way that it's yeah. set up so so both of those matches you know your two big matches are, are more brawls than uh, necessarily uh, technical masterpieces but uh, yeah you know Jericho's Jericho's the master at that stuff too so I think it's still I think it's gonna be really good uh, I'm trying I keep going back and forth about tile change or no tile change and I feel like <sighs> I still feel like Jericho's gonna come out by the skin of his teeth somehow some way but uh, with yeah, the but who do you move on to? Who do you move on to next? Well, how about Moxley again for something else? You know, unless unless like something like where Archer shows up and you mm-hmm. know beats the hell out of Moxley and mm-hmm. goes there, and then you have Jericho could be celebratory of the next show, and someone uh, you can't be Cody because there's that stipulation there for now at least. Because if you look, if you look at the f- people on this card. You mentioned you mentioned Pack already. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be uh, Darby or Guevara yet. Uh, it's not going to be Dustin. You're not going to see Dustin and Jericho. Um, Kenny Omega. They 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 fought last year at Double or Nothing. I don't think they're going to have a rematch at at Double or Nothing for the title. Uh, Page. I you know Page. He's in the he's in the tag team championship, and plus he had the he had the match at uh, at their their second pay per view with Jericho to determine the champion. And uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's a natural next guy unless uh, he asks for Randy Couture, who he said that he beat up in the countdown special, supposedly. Jericho <laughs> said he, he beat uh, him up. Check TMZ. I think uh, I think the natural progression is a, as a big stipulation match between him and Moxley mm-hmm. for the title. Some kind of, God, so I say death match or something, you know, something out of the... Out of the uh, Norm for Jericho to now it's on Moxley's playing field or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I could definitely see them continue with that. And you know that's that's the thing about the AEW roster. It's 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 good roster, but it's also not as deep as a lot of people think right now. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, especially on the Bayface side, if you have the stipulation of Cody cannot challenge these Jericho for the title. Is it forever or just Jericho? Have we even, has they even talked I, about I, I mean, I think it's forever, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, the long-term goal that a lot of people have been talking about is, you know, at some point, 
you know, maybe MJF gets the title and, and that's, and that's how Cody gets his, uh, his shot back, you know, I'm going to retire or you, you retire me or you give me a title shot. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's good. It's a good question. It's, um, that's why, that's why I kind of like about this pay-per-view is it's just a lot of unanswered, a lot of guessing when it comes to the finishes, which is good. That's, 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 that's good booking on their part. No jungle boy, which I'm a little bit disappointed in, but I get it. It's okay. You can't, you can't have everybody, uh, on, on these shows, but you know, the thing, the thing we mentioned last week, which is, you know, the dynamite shows have been so fun. It's not like I'm like desperate for, for this pay-per-view because there's so much, you know, you see all the stars every week, but I will say after the go home show, I was pretty pumped for the, for the show this weekend. And plus I get to watch the shows with you and big Dave and, and all of our buddies who are going to be there. So that'll be fun too, as well on Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be going to be a blast. It's going to be uh, my poor wife. It's going to be four hours. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then if we get to the podcast after too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. I'm sure we can definitely, you know, not making too much promises, but I think we can make that happen. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun if we get to do it. Um, but I think that is it for this week. Um, like I said, next week we will at least I'm crossing my fingers I can get enough research done <laughs> and we can do our uh, our first segment of the Flair and Luger Starcade '88. We want Flair series, so that that'll be coming up. And um, you know, it's Elimination Chambers actually like just a week away too. It's not this really? weekend, but it'll be next weekend. Yeah. Wow, that, that's that's fast. Yeah. I, you know, you, yeah, that's right because WrestleMania is coming up at the WrestleMania is going to be in a month after. Yeah. Wow, yeah, so that time flies when you're having fun. It totally does. All right, man. So that's it from here uh, for John. I am Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out.